In 2009, my mum lost her battle with cancer. After fighting the horrible disease for six years, her fight was over, and from then on, I was left without a mum to help guide me through life. I know millions of people go through the same each year, and I want to help give some advice to those, as well as others, to give a better understanding for people who want to be better supported to friends, family members, and more, and how one piece of advice changed the way I thought about it completely. Welcome to the Power of Positivity podcast, a weekly show dedicated to help you crush your goals one day at a time. My aim is to give you actionable steps that you can take towards your life, business, health, and more to reach that next level and truly start seeing the results you're looking for. So let's get into it. Welcome in everyone to another episode of the Power of Positivity podcast. My name is Andy and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come and listen to another episode on the channel. Just before we get started, if you'd like a free audiobook and ebook of why your mindset stops your success, you can download that, listen to that, read that. The five chapter 46 page document is incredible for those wanting to push their mindset further. The link is down in the description. I'd highly recommend it. This is a topic that we have not covered in a while and I've done it once on the podcast before in season one and I'd like to do it on season two again as I feel I've learned a lot more as time has passed and really pushing my comfort zone again in this forefront. Recently I've been trying to push my comfort zone in various formats and talking about subjects like this can be extremely challenging and nerve-wracking And this is just another way for me to become more comfortable about helping other people learn from my experiences and hopefully learn as we go along. So this is an important one to me and I hope that those who are taking the time to listen can truly listen today and try to take something out of this that they can use for the future. Now this episode isn't focused so much on the story of it because in season one I've already covered that and I'll and the episode is in season one. I'll try to remember to leave a link to the episode in the description if you want to go and listen to that but that is basically the background of everything that happened, how I felt during the process, some of the lessons I learned from from that and, and more. And today in this episode I want to give a little bit of a better understanding of the lessons I have learned from that experience, how I've then grown and developed into the person I am today and also some advice for those who are looking to be better support for people who are going through this or even themselves if they're going through this to understand what it's like for someone who has gone through it and is now 12 years in from going through it. For those of you who want a little bit of the backstory, and this is the first time you ever hear me talking about this, my mum passed away in 2009 after fighting cancer for six years, which you'd have seen at the start of the podcast. She was moved around a lot of places and eventually ended up in a hospice and that was where she sadly passed away. And after six years of battling the disease, I was told recently she had fought so many times to keep going so many times that it was looking like it was coming to the end but she kept fighting on and kept pushing towards and she was actually able to come back to the house at some points due to getting better and I was told that a lot of the times it seemed very unlikely that she was ever going to move forward in any circumstance but consistently she continued to do that which today is incredibly powerful to hear that and to have that as a mother figure for myself. I was 10 at the time. I'd just turned 10 in January and she passed away in April. Actually, it was very recently that the anniversary of it, of the 2nd of April, was when it happened. So it has been a little bit of a tough past couple of days, but I've managed to to try to move forward with it as best I can and keep a positive light on 
everything that is possible and actually why I'm doing this episode as well is I'd like to use this time to commemorate something like that and to talk about it further to grow strength in some events that have happened in my life. During the time that she was there, you didn't really know what was going on. I mean, I was 10 at the time, so I didn't really have a clue what was happening. I knew that cancer as a disease was terrible, but the knowledge that I have now compared to then, you already know it's completely different sides of the coin. You are just a person whose mum is in hospital. That is what you are. People are trying to be nice to you, people are trying to support you and tell you everything's going to be fine, when you just really believe it, because that's all you can do. I'll talk about it a little bit further on in the episode, but there's a few things that people do when you're going through something like that that always stick to me to this day that I never liked and it never stuck with me well. And I understand that everyone who tries to give advice, everyone who tries to help and be a support is only ever doing it out of the good of their heart. They're never doing it to hurt you. They're never doing it as ill intent. I mean, if you are, what the fuck's wrong with you? But most are doing it with the good of their heart. They want to see you succeed. They want to see you happy. They want to see you doing okay. And sometimes people hit the wrong side and it's no fault of their own, but if we can help educate people today and we can help people understand that, then maybe we can allow others who are going through something similar or want to help someone who's going through something similar to be better equipped to do so. After it had happened, I sort of went into like a blacked out phase. And from some people that I've talked to as well, this has happened with different things. When it comes to the death of a loved one, even people with addictions for certain things, some parts of their life just becomes a blur. You sort of block it out, like it's not there, like it doesn't exist. And I felt that for me looking back now, a lot of my life at that time just passed by with no real meaning. I achieved stuff in that time, I'd won trophies for football, I'd done well in school, I was still there and present but internally nothing was really there. I didn't know what I was to do, I didn't know who I was, I consistently blamed myself for everything that went on, I tried to push my comfort zone but got upset at everything that happened, I didn't want to go out, there was so much that I stopped to do because of it. A lot of people try to give the best advice that they can and one of the pieces of advice that really got to me was I was told everything was going to be okay. And this was before it happened. And it's quite an upsetting thing to say because you want to think everything is going to be okay. And you've always got that, but what if now? I was told constantly that she would be fine. She would be healthy, she would get back to her health and she would be out in the hospital in no time. And sometimes that happened. Sometimes she did come back to the house and she was here for a little while and then she would have to go back in. But I was told on her consistent basis that things would get better. And for me, at 10 years old, I believed that because it was from authority figures. It was from people I trusted with my life. And if they were to tell me that, then it was surely the truth. When it inevitably happened, I just lost everything. Or that's what it felt like anyway because you were told for so long that everything was going to be fine until eventually you're told one of the days she has less than two weeks to live. How can you go from everything is going to be fine to that? You can't. You can't. And telling that to someone is so crushing. One of the other things that happened after the whole ordeal had went on was some family members tried to become a filler in sorts. 
people would try to become the mother figure or people would try to help support you in ways they probably wouldn't have beforehand if she was still here. Now, although all the best intentions were always given, I have now learned as I've grown up and asked some of my family members that this was the case and that it wasn't the best decision as my dad didn't want that as the case. This makes sense to me now and I never really understood it back then but people do try to cater to you in the best way possible. And there's nothing wrong with that but sometimes you need to learn things on your own. Sometimes you need to move forward on your own. Sometimes you need to do things that are going to be uncomfortable and sometimes you can't have that safety net because that's just the way the world works. I now live on a basis that not many things impact me the same way because of this. I get upset, angry, frustrated and more, sure. But I know that it's pointless because it never achieves anything good. When have you ever been upset and angry and shouted and screamed and then that turns into something great? It doesn't. When have you ever been annoyed at someone and consistently done that for years on end and that eventually turning into something great? It rarely happens. The thing is, when we live our life on a basis of negativity, nothing good will ever come out of that. I tell you these stories to help educate you because I've been through this similar situation. And the power that something like this has on me and the power that something like this can have on others is immense. What I also want you to know is that everyone handles grief differently. Not one person is the same and you have to accept that for a long time. It's probably going to be hard to talk about it openly for many and maybe even never. The reason I'm doing this is because I have the strength to do so. Maybe a lot of others don't. And it's taken me a long time to get to this stage. Trust me, it's taken many nights of sleeplessness. It's taken many days, weeks, months, even years of just nothing to get to this stage. To finally be able to understand my thoughts and feelings and to express who I am. And maybe in the future I'll be able to do even more and understand how I felt and how I've dealt with it more. As I'd like to understand that from a psychological perspective and maybe help educate those on that front. But right now... All I can do is base it on my experience that I've had with myself and trying to help other people who are going through or have gone through the same in my lifetime. The fact that everyone handles it differently can be hard to hone in on when you're trying to be a support and why this episode is so important for you to watch if you do want to become better on that front. I myself talked about what I went through through my English work in school. It was a way that I was able to write about it, try to understand my feelings in some way and not have anyone really read it. There was only a few finite amount of people who would ever get the chance to read any of that work. One being the person I sat next to in English, who was an incredible friend at the time for even wanting to read something like that, even if they don't know it to this day. I never really thanked them for doing so, because I was able to express how I felt to someone else. My English teacher as well would have read that, and then anyone who would have handed off to, to the assessments. The fact of the matter is, most of them would never really know me. Except from the person sitting beside me. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to it if you ever get the chance to listen to this episode. I was able to express myself in a way that I wasn't able to do so with words. Because when I tried to speak those words, all that would come out was tears. <laughs> I wasn't able to do it confidently. I wasn't able to speak about it because it just hurt too much. Whenever you start, you then have all these Russian feelings coming back again and again and again and again and it just gets darker and it just gets worse and you're not able to really do anything. So for me, writing it through an essay allowed me to sort of understand this is how I felt, this is how it was and this is what the reality of it was like. 
My brother, on the other hand, dove himself into video games and played hours on end, which I eventually done as I got a little bit older as well and sort of used that as a coping mechanism. You could escape from the real world for a little while and use that as your getaway. And it worked. This is why everyone uses it differently and why not one person is the same. You need to understand that this is the case and the way that it would work for you may not work for someone else. And certain circumstances are going to change the outlet and the outcome of how they feel on the situation. I also used family sometimes as an outlet to talk with, but not much success came out of that because the pain never actually went away. All you were doing was talking to someone who was going through similar but different situations because they knew them on a different level. So they had their own pain, which you were trying to discuss and you were trying to get your feelings out there and it was very difficult to express just how hurtful that could be. You didn't want to upset others in your family because when you talk about it, they also get upset. So you sort of drift away from that and only discuss it at times where it feels necessary to talk about. I'm going to allow you to get in on some bad advice that I've had in the past and some things that you should probably avoid when talking to someone if you've not been through a similar experience. The worst one and probably the most common, and maybe some of you will probably know this already, and maybe for some of you this will be an enlightening moment, but I know how you feel when you don't. Never ever say to someone, I know how you feel if your dog has passed and you're trying to compare that to someone dying of a disease from their family member. I understand that a dog passing is like a family member. I get that. That makes sense. It does. But it's not the same. It's not the same feeling. It's not the same hurt. People dying and getting taken away from you is a whole other ball game. Seeing someone suffer for so long from a disease that you can't do anything about is otherworldly. When you don't know how someone feels, don't say that you do. And the other one that I want to talk about today is trying to force someone to talk about how you're feeling when they can't even comprehend what they are feeling themselves. For a very long time, I didn't understand how I felt. I didn't understand what my feelings were, how I could control them, how I could understand them. And that took me years to do that. So when you're trying to force someone to talk about how they're feeling, go on, just talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm here to, to listen. Yeah, no, that, that won't work. They will talk about it when they're ready. And for some other people, that might be never to you. I think it's important and very healthy to talk about it to someone. But if you're trying to force that on someone to do so, you're already losing. And the final one is giving promises to people that cannot hold up. Just like I talked about before, some of the promises that I had been given never held up. Some of the things that people promised me never held up. And I understand that everyone lives their life in a different manner. But I hold honesty and loyalty as very high values in a friendship or a relationship. So when you give up on your promises that you give to people and cannot hold them or have given promises that do not hold up, that tears down walls that are very hard to ever build back up. So on a brighter note of that then, what can people do to be better supports? What can people do to better help those going through a similar situation? 
One of the best things you can do is sometimes just be present if you can. No talking has to happen. Nothing has to be said. You can just sit and play a game for four hours on end and not one word is said. But your presence could help a lot. Just you being there and knowing that you're helping that person feel safe. Now again, everyone deals with it differently. And maybe you have to experiment with some ways and how that person copes and how that person handles things a little bit differently. But sometimes just having a presence there and not being forced upon to talk about something that they're uncomfortable with and just to be here can be powerful. You can also tell someone that if they do need to talk, you can be an outlet to that. Don't be the person who tries to fix it because you can't. Just allow them to talk. If they're able to express how they feel and they want to talk about that and they feel comfortable enough that you're going to do so, then listen. Don't talk. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to solve the problem because you won't. Just listen and try to understand the things that they're going through. Tell them that you're there and you're here to listen. But what I must state here is that you must be emotionally stable to do so. The person who is going through this does not want to put anyone through the same thing that they are going through right now. So by you being there, you are in a very vulnerable state if you are not emotionally stable to handle conversations such as this. So again, I go back to my point of do not give promises that you cannot hold up upon. If you are not emotionally stable, which there's nothing wrong with, do not offer that solution because you could end up being in a very bad state due to the things that they tell you and the expressions of emotion that they are feeling. So please, you can help someone in that front by just being an outlet, but you must be emotionally stable to do so. And the other thing that you can do is check in on them. Show them that you care. Message them once in a while and just asking them how things are going. If there's anything you can do to help. It doesn't need to be much, but you're showing them that you care. You're showing someone that, hey, I am thinking about you and I hope you're doing well. It might be as simple as going a walk with them and just chatting for a little while about random things. What they want to do at the weekend. What they're planning on doing for the next couple of months. What they're wanting to do for university. Anything like that. Random pieces of conversation can go a long way. And I know when I was able to just feel like me again, it helped. I used a lot of sport as my outlet to do a lot of things. So when I played football, all of my worries disappeared. When I was able to go out with a friend and I was able to go for dinner or something like that, then my worries started to go away. I was able to just be me and not worry about that until I was home. The best piece of advice that I was ever told was to never end a conversation on a bad note. Never walk away from someone that has negative emotions attached to what has just been said because death is uncontrollable. We do not know when something is going to change and something can change in the blink of an eye. Never end a conversation on a negative. Never tell someone you hate them and then walk away because that may be the last time that you ever get the chance to speak to them. It can be a lot harder than it sounds because at the time when your emotions are running wild, maybe that's the thing that you want to end it on on a powerful note please don't. Please do not. I actually don't remember the last conversation I had with my mum. I believe it would have been, I love you and I would have left. But I don't know. But if you can remember the last conversation you had with people, what were they? Were they good? Did they end on, I hope you have an amazing day? Or thank you for this conversation. Make the conversation end on a good note. 
what have I learned now 12 years on? In reality, time is the only healer. The scars are never going to disappear. But the wound has healed a lot more than it was at the start. I've got through near enough a full episode without getting too worked up. It's of course hard to talk about in some instances. And sometimes you break. But that's just normal. Those scars are always going to be there. And that's a part of life. But time is what teaches you the most about what to appreciate, what to push forward with, what to care about, and how to be you. The second lesson was talking about it to someone who will listen is just a great way to be heard. The important part of that point was to listen. Who will listen? Not people who are trying to solve and fix the problem because there is no solution. If you can be someone who can just listen and have someone who can do that, can go a lot further than you could ever imagine. And the final one I want to talk about today, and one that made me not be me for a long time, was it's not your fault. You can't control the outcome. So stop blaming yourself. Because it will do nothing for you. You weren't able to fix it. You weren't able to change what the reality of the situation was going to be. All you can do is be present, be thankful for what you have, and try to move forward as best as you can whenever you feel comfortable. I know this episode was a little bit different to the others, and I hope that you've been able to take something away from this in a positive light. I don't want this to be a sad and upsetting podcast episode. I want this to be one that you can learn from and understand people's story a little bit more. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Vivian Green. Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of The Power of Positivity. Have a fantastic day.